Welcome to the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite, hosted by me, Coach Ben Rosario, featuring the Hoka NAZ Elite athletes, and from time to time, a special guest from the world of running. We talk training and racing, but we also just talk, and we go way deeper than just running. The Midday Treat is your chance to get to know us as people, so follow along and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And now, check out this episode of the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite. All right, hey everybody, we're here with Chrissy Gear. She's the guinea pig for a series of NAZ Elite podcasts that we're going to do this spring where we recap some of our biggest races from this past winter. So Chrissy is here to talk specifically about her race at the USATF Indoor Championships and the 1500 meters uh, that took place in Albuquerque last February or this past February. So Chrissy, welcome. Are you ready to go? I'm so ready. Okay. It's a quickie, quickie recap. Um, We're not going to talk about your history and where you grew up and when you started running cross country. We're just going to get right to the brass tacks talking about this race. So going into USA's, couple of things that I think are important to talk about from a context perspective. Number one, this is your first indoor season as a pro. Number two, every race you did this indoor season leading up to USA's, you had won. So well, talk a little bit at least about the indoor season as a whole. And did it give you confidence coming in after all those wins or was it nerve wracking to now be in a field where you weren't necessarily the favorite, like you were in all those other races? Um, I think it'd be a lot of, I suppose confidence in, in my ability and the fact that I've gotten stronger, like you said, it's kind of my first season. And so that's been like the, um, it's been a lot of fun trying to navigate that space and being like, I don't know what to expect because we haven't been here before. Um, and I think that the, the race opportunities I had in the beginning of the season, where I didn't have the pressure of like being a super stocked field. And I was able to just go out there, have fun, like push myself to what I felt like I was physically capable of on those days. And it, you know, came out with a very strong result, um, strong results than I've, I've ever run before, but not as strong as I feel like I, I can run. You know, I kind of felt like there was a lot more there left on the table or like that I, I could do. And so going into USA, I was really excited. because it's like, all right, it's not going to be, extremely stacked but there's going to be really good competition so i was really looking forward to like competing i felt like i had a good good chance to kind of place up in the top five i think that's kind of my goal but yeah so i yeah i just really enjoyed competing no that makes sense Uh, another piece of context is that this race was at altitude had you ever raced at altitude before no no i i ran up there was that would have been three years prior when they sent us all home, but we didn't get a race. Um, being in Flagstaff, yeah, back in September is like the first time that I've like lived and, and trained and been at altitude. So, so having trained at altitude in Flagstaff, that's seven thousand feet, and now you're heading down to five thousand feet. So, did you and the others feel like you were at an advantage? Um, yeah, yeah. 
I'd say yeah. Um, yeah. I think I got more red blood cells. It definitely is not as easy as I thought I was gonna feel. You know, I was like, oh, yeah. I'm dropping, but it's like you're still at altitude. It was still, it was still hard. Uh, but I don't think it was as hard as you know the people who had to come up from sea level. And you got to at least watch the meet the night before. Did you actually go and watch Abby and Katie run in the three thousand oh, yeah. and Olin the night before? Yeah, absolutely. And what so did that, they that tell like, you? What did you, what did you learn from them, if anything? Um, and Abby and Katie, like, it was hard, but also, like you said, like there's kind of different different circumstances. You know, like Katie been six since January, so I think that already kind of made it harder for her. And then the fact that it was the race was doubled the distance that I was going to be racing the following day, and they ran a like extremely honest race, like right from the get go. You know, there was no like nice build into it. Like they were like, all right, we're ripping, you know, thirty sixes um right away so i think yeah the distance and like just the way they race ended up making it harder so i think i was expecting it to be worse which kind of was nice because it wasn't as bad as i thought it would be i got but, you. yeah it was really fun to see them like out there and compete and then olin like thrown down like you know trying to go for the win the last four six hundred and i was like okay i i was like maybe i could do that too you know so yeah no that's great um and you mentioned the field and you had some great competitors on paper, Nikki Hilt, Sage Herder, Klecker, um, uh, Emily McKay, who could run, who had run really well the night before. Abby Nichols, on your 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 teammate, who had run really well the night before. How much did you study the field, and how much did you prepare for those athletes, as opposed to how much did you prepare about just running your race and thinking about what you needed to do? Um, I think it's okay. So, so I suppose it's kind of a blend between running my own race and also knowing who I'm in a field with. Um, I definitely like looked at the field and, you know, try to go down the list and assess what I knew of each runner based on like their strengths and weaknesses. Um, and I suppose it seems like they don't really have any weaknesses, you know? <laughs> um, so it's not like, okay, how can I compare my strengths? Like what's going to benefit me the best? But I like to think of it as, and and this is not like meant to be, um, like arrogant anyway like just being completely honest with myself sometimes when I enter a race and I go okay um on my best day and on like I think I can be you know excellent with these athletes and I felt like I could be the majority of the fields not the entire field but if I had my best day you know um and so there and yeah so that was like I was like if I go out there I know what I can run if I put myself in it like I shouldn't be surprised to be you know in the top five and in, in the top two um so just, yeah, trying to focus on running my race, making sure that I didn't let what the other people were doing get away from me. Got it. Got sense. it. No, it makes total sense. Well, that's great. That's a great segue. Now let's get to it. Let's get to this race. So again, I watched it a couple of times before this podcast. So I made a number of notes. Um, the race, as you kind of mentioned, did not go out fast. So mm -hmm. you're standing on the line in a championship race. You don't know because it could go out fast. So how how many seconds in laps in did you realize okay it's not going to be one of those kind of races it's going to be a tactical kind of race probably thought I, I kind of thought so about 100 meters in and then 300 meters in i was like okay for sure because like everyone got out and then settled and then i was like are we gonna wait and another you know 200 meters went by and i was like okay no one's no one's gonna push the pace um yeah so, 
So what what happens to your mind at that point? Because obviously it's a different mindset. A fast race has a different sort of mindset than a slower race. I noted that you guys came across 72 seconds for 400. So obviously very slow for, for athletes of that caliber. But you put yourself in a really nice spot. You were never, I made a little note that as far as I could tell, you were never worse than fifth. And you were always kind of on the inside, but protecting your spot. Is that what it was about for the first half of the race? Just making sure that you were in that good spot? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Alan wanted me to kind of be in, I don't maybe some fifth, I don't remember, but he gave me a position. He's like, you know, kind of stay around here um, and just be in position, like just kind of ready to go for anything, whether it's fast or slow. I think he thought that I was going to be faster just because I feel like women on championship levels tend to race a little more honest. And the the women's 3K that the day before, you know, kind of lent itself to that. Um, so we were a little surprised that it was slow. Um I really wanted, I really wanted to go fast, but so I think everyone does, you know, it's like, that's what you train all year for is like to go run fast. But like I said, like he was kind of like, this race is about positioning and racing. You know, you're, I don't want you to go out time trial that altitude. Um, so just, yeah, I wasn't super stoked on the slow pace, but I guess I kept trying to tell myself like every lap we go by. Um, so let's say for example, you know, I, I had 800 to go and I was like, okay, make this an 800 meter race, you know? And they come around and it was like 600 to go. And I was like, well, this is going to be a 600 meter race. You know, like I suppose we hadn't started racing yet. And so I was trying to prepare to make wherever I was, wherever someone made the move, like that's the distance of the race that I was racing. Cause yeah, that makes, a, like- that makes a lot of sense. No, it's really interesting to get into the athlete's mind of what you're thinking, you know, during the race, while these things are going on, you know, cause you guys ran even slower the second Eight, the second 400 because you were 72 and then you were 226 you know as slow as the women's 3k like yeah. their first 100 i was like we're only doing half the distance yeah it was yeah, really, it was little... really turning into a sprint and so turning it into 800 turning into a 600 it really ended up being a 400 would you say yeah oh yeah yeah, I mean, it was those were the only two laps that were really fair. There was some level of pickup with three to go, but the real pickup was with two laps to go, and that's when Hiltz and Herta Klecker moved to the front, and you clearly were keen to move, but could not get around Addie Wiley, the collegiate athlete, before the bell. What's going through your head there? Because you know you got to get around her um i tried she's just a gamer um because when they when they started to move when sage and nikki started to move um you know i kept telling myself like be honest with yourself because i think usually i would have been like oh they're much better athletes than me like there's no way i keep up with them you know and so i was like be honest with yourself like you have more than tank and so they went to go and i was like you know put yourself put yourself in it like don't just let him go um and so I did try to go around Addie like once or twice and then and she noticed it and you know was able to like help like hold me off and like surged and so I was like okay um it might have been two like 200 to go to the last lap um I went to go and then she kind of like picked it up and so I tucked back and then I tried to make my move with like you know like 150 100 to go so by that point it was like I think there was no way that I was making up the ground that Sage and Nikki had put on me but I don't know. You never, you never know, you know? So I was like, what if one of them like hits a wall and just starts slowing down and I can capitalize on that, you know? Uh, which wasn't, which wasn't the case. They both ran fantastic, but just trying to, yeah, be honest with myself and make sure like, yeah, just don't, just don't let them go. Um, and then just be smart passing. I don't want to try and make a pass around Addy 
and then I just get stuck wasting my energy, like in lane two on the curve, you know? Yeah. So. No, you were able to go by finally on the backstretch of the last yeah. lap and you got by and you certainly didn't from that moment on, you certainly didn't lose any ground uh, on the leaders and you ran a 29.02 last 200. They ran a 28 high, uh, the, uh, Hertz, Herta Klecker and, and Hiltz ran 20, 28 high, but you did have to go wide and pass Addy. So you ran essentially the same last lap as they did. I have to ask this, any regrets on not being able to get around Addy just to, just to wonder what you could have done. Um, I don't want to say regrets. I, I feel like if, if I was able to get around her, if I was right there with them, then, um, I like to think that even if I wouldn't have beat them, it would have been a lot closer. Like I would have been a lot more in the mix, you know, like you said, I feel like I closed just as well as they did. Um, but yeah, no regrets. I mean, I, I tried and I wasn't able to, and that's, you know, that's racing. Like, I, I think it. that's kind of, that's the point. Like she, she was a really good racer and she's like, I'm not letting this girl go by me. And I was like, that's, I don't know. Yeah. Like not everything's going to be nice, clear, cut and dry time trial. with like, you're running perfectly 1500 meters, you know? Um, so I, I had a lot of fun just trying to make the most out of what I could with like what I had. So hundred percent, hundred percent. So what's, the, what are the lessons learned? What are the takeaways? Um, I'm definitely a lot stronger than I think. Um, and also I, I still have a long way to go. I think, like you said, like I, you know, was able to close in a 59 over the last 400, which I've never closed that fast before. I think I've had a couple of 61 or 62s, but I think if you want to be a world-class athlete, you have to be able to close in sub 60, you know, when like, when it starts really clicking. And so walking away from that meet, um, I don't know. I was very proud of myself and how I closed and, and decided that, um, I just need to get stronger to where instead of running, you know, 72, 74s and then closing in a 60, I can run, you know, 64s and then close in a 60 to where I don't, yeah, I don't need to be so slowed down. Cause I have, is that okay? Yeah. Um, I think I just closed stronger and I was like, that's cool. I need to get stronger so that I can run a faster first three quarters and then really, really go ham the last quarter. <laughs> it makes sense. So what you said earlier was, you know, I just want to have my best day. Did you have your best day? I think I did. Yeah. 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 That's really cool at a big championship. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What are you looking forward to outdoors before we let you go? Um, I think just, just the opportunity to test myself more and kind of figure out where, where I'm going to land. Um, yeah, I think it just takes time to develop and, and to get to like that next level, like a really high world-class athlete level. Um, but I think, I'm starting to realize it might not be as far away as I think. Um, so that's really exciting. I think I'm already running times that like I thought I would be running when I peaked. And now I'm running them and I'm like, I don't feel like I'm peaking. Like, I feel like I have a lot more to give. So Very cool. Thank you, Chrissy, for being our guinea pig. You're our first guest on this little mini series we're doing this spring. I really appreciate it. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Chrissy, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. listening to the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite. I'm Addison Rosario, Coach Ben's daughter. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button and subscribe to our channel. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NAZ underscore Elite. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter on NAZElite.com and stay tuned for the next episode 
of the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite.